Congress was supposed to be on recess this week. That's not happening as the government shutdown passes the one-month mark. Hard positions by leadership and President Trump might mask more willingness to compromise down the ranks. For a look at the week ahead, Bloomberg Government Editorial Director Lauren Duggan. So after the Martin Luther King holiday, they're back. What can possibly happen that might not have happened already, Lauren? Well, things shifted over the weekend. I think when we wrapped up on Friday, we thought, okay, well, you know, the House is coming back to vote next week and the Senate, not clear what they were going to do. But a lot of that calculus changed when President Trump asked for the airtime on Saturday afternoon and announced his proposal to try and get the government reopened and achieve some of his border security goals with some goals that Democrats have been seeking over the last couple of years on things like the Dreamers or the recipients of Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals and um, some other border security priorities. So we have what looks to be like negotiating happening in public, although if you talk to Democrats, they say they aren't really involved in the formulation of this, and uh, it's not clear where we're headed from here. But we will see some votes coming up this week that um, will at least move things forward, even if it's not going to be the final solution in terms of what we're looking at here. And those votes will cover... Well, it depends. In the House side right now, what we know for sure is that there's a six-bill package that uh, Nancy Pelosi and Nita Lowy, the chairwoman of the Appropriations Committee, has put together. And unlike the bills that we've seen so far this year, which have mostly been things that the Senate passed during the course of last year's appropriating, these are bills that House and Senate negotiators had already been working on and trying to get to a consensus position on. So drop the writers that both sides didn't like come to agreement, meet in the middle, dollar amounts for the different accounts. So those six bills have been packaged together there, and that's set for a vote. And we expect at some point to also see a border proposal from House Democrats with their priorities. On the Senate side, we'll see a vote on a package that talks that um, pretty much embodies what President Trump talked about over the weekend. So that will be bills to reopen the government, plus his $5.7 billion for the steel barrier system, um, money for other border security things like $782 million probably for new border agents, money for immigration courts to try and address the backlog. And then the three-year um, status adjustment for the DACA recipients, those are the people that arrived as children and now find themselves without legal status, and also recipients of something called TPS, which is an immigration program for um, – uh, it often goes to people who have had crises in their countries and they come here. I think there's about 10 countries there. So we haven't seen the text at this point, but they're going to draft all this together and try to get a vote as soon as possible this week in the Senate to try to push things forward. But could a reconciliation between the House and the Senate have the deferred action piece and the 5.7 or whatever it is billion for the wall? Well, it depends on how far we get. So far, Democrats in the Senate have been cool to the offer that President Trump made, and that would be embodied in um, Mitch McConnell's bill, the majority leader there in the Senate. So in a chamber where it takes 60 votes to get things done, you still need seven Democrats to go along with the 53 Republicans. Not clear that that exists yet, but there may be some pressure as the vote gets closer for some rank-and-file Democrats to shift their position. That's certainly what the administration is trying to do, win over some Democrats. Democrats to their side in both chambers. Um, Nancy Pelosi, um, Steny Hoyer, the majority leader over on the House side, they're probably not going to want to take up this package because their line in the sand has been, let's reopen the government, then we can talk about immigration. Donald Trump has said, why don't you give me this on immigration and then we'll keep talking in the weeks to come about a broader plan Um, more stability for the DACA recipients, maybe even a permanent fix. So we've kind of got 
a, a lot of disagreement here on both the procedure, when to talk versus when to act, and also what the action should be in terms of what to do with the border wall money. So both sides are saying they don't want to give up their negotiation leverage by, say, in the president's case, opening the government, and then he loses the leverage on the wall and vice versa on the Democrats. They give the wall, they lose the leverage on the DACA. Absolutely. I mean, that that's sort of why we wind up in government shutdowns is one side wants to use it as leverage to achieve one of their goals. Um, right now, the way we got here is that the border wall money became a sticking point and President Trump really wanted it. Democrats didn't want to give it. And that's why we are where we are today. And you can talk about the blame of who should back down or who should give in. Um, but, but at this point, we have reached an impasse or a stalemate um, on that position about when to give the money or if to give the money at all and what to give the money for because we've already seen an evolution from a coast-to-coast concrete wall to the steel barrier system that the president's now talking about. We're speaking with Bloomberg Government Editorial Director Lauren Duggan. And are there any discussions starting or even hinting at on the Hill for the next big deadline beyond this, whenever this might end, and that is the need to raise the debt ceiling, which is going to happen pretty much around the time of the spring crocuses. Yeah, that's um, in the back of people's mind, but it's certainly not something that's come to the forefront yet, but it will have to be addressed. Um, I believe it snaps back into effect in March. And though that date is important, the actual effect of when we'll run up against the borrowing limit and have no more wiggle room, that's kind of a, an art more than a science. The Treasury Department has its extraordinary measures, as it refers to them, in terms of how it invests and makes payments and can try to extend the length of time it has before it hits that bare and can no longer borrow money and can no longer really finance the operations of government. Um, there may be talks behind the scenes. I'm certainly not seeing them. And that hasn't been front of mind with the immediate problem of trying to reopen the government. But that deadline is going to loom pretty quickly here. And, you know, if, in a scenario where the shutdown continues to play out for, you know, if it were to go another month, for example, could we get into discussions of a broader more global deal that dealt with both reopening the government and that you can certainly see that. And then a little further down the line, fiscal 2020, I mean, we're, we're still talking about fiscal 2019, which we're living in, but they have to come to some sort of consensus on how much to spend on top line there and even, you know, get a budget request written fully and set it up to the, the capital for it to be decided. So um, a lot of these budget deadlines are going to begin to convene here, especially if there's not more progress in the short term on the spending deal. And many of the governors through the National Governors Association have urged Congress to at least renew the temporary aid to needy families, the so-called TANF program, because they're worried about the states running out of money and yet still having that demand. Is that something that could be in the cards as a point solution for, for the shutdown? TANF has been a ride-along on some of the bills that would reopen the government, including ones that were floating around before the end of the year and then in some of the packages that um, the Democrats in the House have put together. There's also been a standalone extension bill in the House. So there's different paths there for TANF. If it remains coupled to the spending debate, it may take its time. But if they were to peel that off and move it separately, it is possible that that could move through. We saw that last week with a program about chemical facility terrorism standards, the CFATS program under the Homeland Security Department. Its authorization was lapsing. They had looked at extending that as part of the larger 
continuing resolution or appropriations debate. They moved that as a separate bill, sent that to President Trump so that he could take care of that. So, you know, as long as these things all remain coupled, it's coupled. It's harder to move them forward. But you could see them peeling a few issues off here and there and trying to deal with it um, while they work on this broader spending deal. We could be optimistic and maybe we will see movement toward the end of the week on some of these things. Because in a funny kind of way, the shutdown is bifurcating. You've got the 800,000 federal employees who are not getting paid, period. And yet sections of the government here and there are reopening and reopening temporarily, such as the IRS and different agency functions that different groups out in the economy really need to have open. And so in some ways, the effect is getting mitigated by these reopenings, and yet you still have the 800,000 people not being paid. Certainly. And if you watch the national news or you see some of the stories that are popping up of government workers encountering hardships or waiting in line to get sandwiches at Jose Andres's pop-up or even waiting for uh, food bank items um, in D.C. and around the country, those are the images that are, as you say, um, kind of running against the IRS functioning or other functions of government actually still being performed. The TSA agents aren't getting paid. There have been, you know, the reports of some slowdown or some people calling out, but, you know, air travel is still going on. And many of the things that you expect government to do are happening, but not all of them. And, and a crunch is coming here. You can, you can see it over time. But at the same time, the administration is doing what it can to try to reopen things or, or try to prioritize some functions and try to get them back open. So um, it's, it's all it's a very bifurcated. It's a great word that you used um, a kind of situation at the moment. Lauren Duggan is editorial director of Bloomberg Government. Thanks so much. Thank you. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffel Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at Grifflesplasma.com. Love Target? Well, you're about to love it even more. With Target Red Card, you'll save 5% every day in-store and online. Find the red card that's right for you, whether it's debit, credit, or Target's new Red Card Reloadable, which doesn't require an existing bank account or credit check. With Target Red Card, you'll get exclusive deals and free shipping on most items. Visit Target.com slash Red Card to get all the details. It's always a great day to save. Restrictions apply.